she was told that Dr Bowen had weaponised the safeguarding service. Deputy St Pierre believed what he was doing was in the public interest. What exactly constitutes an abuse of privilege? We all have our own ways of working. And we all handle our anger and frustration in different ways. It's quite clear that many members would want the rules tightened up and they could hardly be looser because the term abuse of privilege is simply not defined at all. Any restriction of our freedom of speech will be a backward step for our parliament and most importantly, those we represent. Last April, Deputy Gavin St-Pierre opened up a big can of worms. Using his parliamentary privilege, he tried to force the states to debate the pretty dull-sounding Responsible Officer Report. Now, that report contained details about the regulation of doctors, and he believed it would back up his concerns over safeguarding policies, particularly relating to children receiving medical care in Guernsey. During that speech, he named a local paediatrician sparking three code of conduct complaints which are ongoing and an abuse of privilege inquiry which he was ultimately cleared of. I'm Laura Clayton, he's Matthew Leach and you're listening to Focus, an Express podcast. This episode is Spotlight on Safeguarding. We're going to try to explain why Deputy St-Pierre publicly named Dr Sandy Bowen, what he wants to happen now, and what other families who've lodged complaints over safeguarding have to say on the matter. Dr Bowen has said no to an interview, but we will hear from the MSG, which she works for, HSC, the BMA, representing local doctors and other states members, many of whom had plenty to say on the matter when they noted the decision to clear Deputy St-Pierre of abusing his parliamentary privilege. Privilege is never going to be engaged on something minor or insignificant. The status of the person that is likely to be mentioned, they are likely to have an elevated status. Every case is different to the last one. But I can guarantee that if we redesign it, emotions are running high we will not be doing so in the best interests of a fairer or better system. What medical professional will want to come to Guernsey if their reputation could possibly be ruined? And all I can say is, Dr Bowen, I I hope you get justice. What Deputy St Pierre has failed to appreciate are the wide ramifications of such an irresponsible act. The personal damage to an experienced doctor's reputation and health, damage to the public confidence in the whole safeguarding system, Justice delayed is justice not served. It's been nearly 18 months and there are other elements related to this subject that are still ongoing. Those were our deputies debating the Privileges Panel report during an emotive September debate. Their focus? Did Deputy Gavin St Pierre abuse parliamentary privilege? Deputy St-Pierre made his initial comments in April 2022 and he's not backed down since then. Those initial comments surrounded the Responsible Officer Report, which he wanted debated by the states so that complaints lodged would be aired publicly. He also wanted a learning report published, which itself recommended ways of improving safeguarding policies. That word, safeguarding. I think we need to clarify what we mean by that. Okay, so this wording has come from the state's website. If you are a member of the public who has concerns about a child's welfare or safety, and if that child is in Guernsey or Aldney, you can call, and then there are different numbers. 
Uh, they're all on gov.gg if anyone wants to check those out or if anyone ever needs to use them. The state's website also gives different websites and emails with lots of advice there about safeguarding. So for a wider and non-local definition, the NSPCC website says, safeguarding is the action that is taken to promote the welfare of children and protect them from harm. Safeguarding means protecting children from abuse and maltreatment, preventing harm to a child's health or development, ensuring children grow up with the provision of safe and effective care. Now, no one's going to disagree with any of those messages, but the problems we've been hearing so much about lately are down to concerns over the way safeguarding was handled in cases involving children under the care of local paediatric specialists. Not necessarily the safeguarding itself, but the way it was handled with allegations of concerns raised by medical staff over the parents or guardians care of those children. These complaints varied. All are said to centre around parents being needlessly put through the safeguarding process. The affected families all say their children have or had complex health needs and that they'd sought second opinions in the UK and locally following what they said they had perceived as inconsistent health advice from Dr Bowen, CAMS, the MSG, as well as treatment plans which did not produce good outcomes for their children. As safeguarding lead for the MSG, Dr Bowen was, as we heard, named by Deputy St-Pierre when he brought all of this into the public arena. The St-Pierre family have identified themselves as having experienced some of this with other families contacting Deputy St-Pierre and some contacting us, you and me both directly. But I have to say here actually that it's understood that not all of the families who have complained publicly and anonymously in this way have actually raised those concerns through the proper complaints channels to MSG or uh, HSC. We'll come to that later in more detail. But what we're hearing uh, with 16, 17 or possibly more families stating these concerns over safeguarding policies being weaponized, we don't actually know how many of those have formally complained to HSC or the MSG, but we don't think it's that many. Deputy St-Pierre said his own family has experienced some of these issues themselves and he chose to name Dr Bowen during a state's meeting to make other people aware. He was already in contact with other affected families then and more have contacted him since. He told me how he ended up as this spokesman for the other families. The families did not know each other um, at all before this process began. Obviously we've come to know each other as a group and there has been contact between them themselves and, and with me over the last uh, week or so. But of course, the challenge is, is the fact that it's growing. I think, you know, uh, in terms of my own family's experience, it regarded the matter as a one-off aberration. The matter had been closed in 2016, and it was only when I was approached by the three other families in 2021 did I, did I realise that, that, in fact, it wasn't a one-off, but of course then triggered investigation but since then another 10 families have come forward and as you know each time there is publicity around this i am contacted by others who have had an experience which they would regard as being not the one that they were expecting so the group is you know in that sense the group is growing and i think the shared experience i think clearly is uh, to some extent cathartic for, for some of the families the fact that they realize that perhaps they're not a, not alone and I think that is, to some extent, helpful for some of those that have clearly, as was acknowledged in the learning report, 
um, experience trauma as a result of uh, what they have experienced. So, in a sense, it's I think for some of the families, they are very much supporting each other, uh, as well as, of course, continuing to support, in, in, in some cases, um, uh, sick children. Since speaking to Deputy St Pierre, a total of 17 people have come forward. I asked if the MSG will find it increasingly hard to defend its position as more people speak about their experiences. I mean, I don't, I don't want to speculate about, um, you know, what, what the, the the total number might be. I mean, I think that's uh, unprovable. Um, but no, I think I don't think, um, with respect to the industry's position, um, that it, it has been an appropriate or valid response. Uh, as I say, to to simply keep repeating. Um, that we, you know, we are a learning organisation. Uh, that we do encourage second opinions, and that families need not fear the impact on on uh, treatment um, when that is not the lived experience of uh, some who have who are in our community. So yes, I hope that there will be a um, a willingness to. Uh, to engage and um, really consider um, how they need to respond to to um, these developments. Um, but as I said, I think it, it's and that I think is, is what, I, what I mean by the need for for leadership. Um, but I think we need to dovetail that with some of the other changes I've talked about. Uh, the independence in the complaints process, regulation, um, and inspection as well. So I think it's it's I think it needs to be a um, multi-pronged uh, response. Um, but the MSG absolutely need to play their part in that. Since the safeguarding concerns were raised last April, the MSG has repeatedly stated that it is committed to safeguarding. Other families who've raised their concerns publicly, albeit anonymously, issued a statement last month outlining their feelings. As the parents of seriously ill children, instead of being supported in our quest to find solutions and treatment, we were blocked from seeking second opinions and private consultations. Not only were we blocked, we were persecuted by being put through traumatic and needless investigations, questioning our ability to care for our own children. As any parent can imagine, purely the act of caring for a sick child is exhausting, worrying and traumatising. To have our intentions and actions questioned was a sinister and sickening abuse of power which should have never been allowed to happen. As another victim of the system, Deputy Saint-Pierre, sadly, truly understands the ordeal we have been through and showed a great deal of integrity and compassion in highlighting our case to the state's chamber. We have lost years of our lives to this process and most importantly, been blocked from seeking the appropriate treatments for our very sick children. We've got to be very careful that we don't provide any information which could identify the children at the heart of those statements because their privacy is legally protected. We aren't protected by the immunity afforded to politicians, which meant Deputy St-Pierre could name Dr Bowen in his speech last year as the safeguarding lead for the MSG, meaning she had oversight of all safeguarding matters. Deputy St-Pierre did more recently make further accusations against Dr Bowen relating to his daughter's care and other families have used words or phrases such as her anchor bias and misdirected influences in their statements. 
The families who made those comments said they supported Deputy St Pierre's attempts to force the states to debate the Responsible Officers report and they also want the learning report published. We would like to point out that the GMC published their findings which named doctors. The UK also published their findings in respect of inquiries in the national press and social media. It might be more useful for Dr Bowen and the MSG to reflect upon their processes to express their outrage and harness them so they're more in keeping with the leading regulatory bodies in the UK and elsewhere. Deputy St Pierre also wants the learning report published and it's understood the report's author has agreed for it to be. But at this time, it still hasn't been. He has also questioned the long-standing relationship between the MSG and HSC, whether it's still the right setup for Guernsey, and whether there should be changes to that contract, as well as the way complaints are handled. I think there are wider issues around MSG's relationship as the contracted provider of secondary care and the sustainability of that as the population ages and our demography changes, whether whether an entirely consultant-led is, is sustainable. I think that's, if you like, a wider and different issue. But I think the relationship between the MSG as the commissioned service provider and HSC as the commissioner is one that also needs some thought. I don't think the states as a government are necessarily, and this has been acknowledged in the past, are not necessarily actually particularly well-equipped or have the skill set to manage the outsourcing of services and the management of, of these kind of contracts at this kind of scale. And therefore, there is the risk of you know, the tail wagging the dog. And I think to some extent, we've seen that in the sense that if you look at, for example, the, the HSE's complaint that I had, uh, their allegation that I had abused parliamentary privilege, that was initiated actually not by HSC, but by the MSG, writing to HSC, inviting them to make just such a, a claim. And so you know, I think that is a demonstration, really, of reversal of the relationship between the commissioner and the commissioned service provider. And I think that's uh, an issue that needs to be considered. It's going to require determined leadership at all levels across health and social care and, indeed, the MSG themselves. It's going to require political leadership and commitment to, again, an acknowledgement that there is an issue that needs attention. I think the calls a number of years ago for an independent input into the complaints process is critical, although the complaints process is now a unified one, which again arose actually from an amendment which I laid in in a previous term that I think hopefully has helped a little it is not independent enough. I think the perception does not have a perception of sufficient independence to give confidence to all patients and users that they can uh, safely complain. And I think we also need to remember that, of course, many many of those who do come forward are only seeking to do so because they wish that there are learnings from whatever experience they've had. They're not necessarily looking for you know, any kind of recompense or retribution but often it is sort of almost an altruistic uh, wish that those that follow behind them should not experience what they've experienced i think that uh, needs to be to be recognized so a complaint process which is demonstrably independent is critical i think we need to think about the regulation um, whether our regulation of health and social care is, is sufficient again moves were made a couple of years ago, but that in essence has stalled and is, is way down the list of government priorities. And I think we really need to be thinking about independent inspection as well. 
I think there's, there's a sufficient body of evidence that has built and is building that uh, an independent inspection is warranted. And you know, let's face it, if there's, there's nothing to hide, uh, then what, when, you know, what is there to fear from that independent inspection? So you know, the, quality, uh, the Care Quality Commission or similar, I think, are well-placed uh, to be coming in and looking at uh, the kind of issues that we're talking about. In raising his concerns so publicly, Deputy St Pierre's really upset a lot of people, to put it mildly. When the states noted the decision to clear him of any abuse of parliamentary privilege, Deputy Peter Fairbrush used his speech to clearly lay out the impact on Dr Bowen. Here's part of that speech. She was told that on the 26th of April 2021, the responsible officer asked to meet her to discuss concerns raised about her by Deputy St Pierre and three families. That meeting took place on that day. And during the course of that meeting, she was told that he had met with Deputy St Pierre and three families, along with Deputy Burrell on the 15th of April. In that meeting, Deputy St Pierre told the responsible officer that Dr Bowen had weaponised the safeguarding service, that he wanted her sacked and he wanted her head on a stick. We should have been told that. We, because it would have affected whether this was a malicious comment made by Deputy St Pierre in April 2022 or not. We didn't know that. The responsible officers, uh, we were told, uh, by Deputy Bo- uh, by uh, Dr Bowen, met Deputy St Pierre again after the meeting on 15th of April when he demanded that Dr Bowen be made to stand down as the name doctor for safeguarding. The responsible officer refused that demand. Let me say this also. In the material that we had, over 80 local doctors, which was by far and away the majority of the doctors practising in Guernsey, from various disciplines, various practices, signed up saying they were the way I interpreted it, the others may interpret it differently, they were appalled, appalled by the way that Deputy St Pierre treated Dr Bowen. Dr Bowen also told Deputy McKenna, Deputy Mirvell and myself, that as a result, her house has been vandalised twice and she's had to put CCTV footage. Deputy St Pierre's vehemently denied using the words quoted there and said other people at the meeting also denied he had said that. The MSG is steadfastly behind Dr Bowen and its other staff involved in paediatrics and safeguarding. This is John Buckland, who is the MSG's chief executive. Following the debate about the Privileges Panel report, we would very much like to move forward positively in the interest of all our patients and our caring and dedicated paediatric consultants. We would encourage anyone who is concerned about the care that they or a family member have received to contact our customer care team using the email address customercare at msg.gg or go to the HSC team on customercarehsc at gov.gg. We can say to them that we will investigate your complaint thoroughly using the joint investigation process with our partners at HSC. I want to reassure patients and families that there is absolutely no way in which the care you receive will suffer as a result and there is an independent appeals process if you're not happy with the outcome. We do value feedback and comments on our performance. We have always welcomed complaints as an opportunity for us to improve our service quality and learn lessons. We're not able to act on or learn anything from anonymous statements in the news media. Please go to our website if you wish to obtain the full complaints policy. Also, I'd like to just comment on second opinions. It is worth saying again that patients and their loved ones always have the right to ask for a second opinion about any aspect of their health care. As doctors, 
The MSG consultants welcome second opinions if they are from a regulated and qualified health professional and if the advice is evidence-based. Our consultants frequently seek second opinions themselves, either from colleagues locally or from specialists in the UK. Our paediatric service, like all the services we provide, is reviewed every five years by an independent body, usually the relevant college. The review looks at both our clinical standards and at our culture, the way we work together and with our patients. Our next paediatric review is due in 2024. On the wider issue of safeguarding, we've been working very closely with other key stakeholders to implement the recommendations from the learning report. We need there to be full confidence in the safeguarding process because if there is not, the risk is that professionals will hold back from making safeguarding referrals and children will be put at harm as a result. Other doctors are also standing together with Dr Bowen and the MSG. Dr Matt Dorian, a GP at Queen's Road Medical Practice, is the BMA spokesperson for Guernsey. He gave us this statement, recorded by a member of our team. The local BMA executive is disappointed by the recent decision from the Privilege Panel to clear Deputy Gavin St-Pierre of abusing parliamentary privilege and looks to the states of Guernsey to reassure the local medical community that this decision does not reflect a disregard for well-being of their members generally. Dr Bowen is nationally recognised as an expert in her field and a highly valued, respected member of the local medical community. Previously, an investigation undertaken through the local government's process had found that Dr Bowen had acted professionally, appropriately and in line with guidelines and codes of conduct set by the GMC. The BMA is appalled that despite this she was named in Parliament in relation to this investigation and had her professional credibility questioned in the most public way by a senior politician with a conflict of interest. The fact that the Privilege Panel felt this was acceptable raises grave concerns among our members about their ability to practice with confidence in an environment where vindication through official investigation provides no protection against personal attack from politicians. The precedent set by this episode is very dangerous to the provision of local medical services. Not least, it has already caused significant disruption to the local safeguarding service. The BMA is concerned by the impact on the individual clinician, which has been extremely traumatic, and the morale of the profession as a whole. We are aware that apologies have been received, but call upon the Chamber to consider the implications for recruitment and retention of medical staff consequent to the Privilege Panel's decision. The BMA feels strongly that doctors who provide high standards of care undergo regular appraisal and are found to be acting appropriately, as determined by the GMC, should rightly expect protection against such personal attacks. We call upon the states to provide this reassurance urgently. So there we have the BMA calling for assurances that doctors are protected from personal attacks, but we've also got calls from Deputy St Pierre, members of the public and other deputies to ensure that patients and their families can have their voices heard. So... Where do we go from here? And that's something that no one seems able to answer at the moment. The MSG has said it won't continue responding to every comment made by Deputy St-Pierre, but he has said he won't stop speaking up for the families who are contacting him, and more people do seem to be using him as their spokesperson. HSC has given us a statement outlining how independent reviews already take place, answering one of Deputy St-Pierre's requests to them. HSC also says it is reviewing current practice and culture around complaints and it is reflecting on all elements of the debate. 
An independent review of acute paediatrics and community paediatrics is scheduled to take place in 2024 within an established program of five-year reviews and a service redesign. HSE publishes its commissioning intentions in September each year for the upcoming year. The 2024 Commission Intentions were published on the 12th of September 2023 and can be found by searching Secondary Healthcare on the state's website. This is not a mechanism for investigating historic complaints but will review current practice and culture. The committee will be discussing and reflecting on all the elements of the debate as soon as possible to decide if any further action is needed. In the meantime, we continue to work with the families on the task and finish group established to progress the recommendations of the report in order for their experience to inform future practice. While this work is ongoing, it has been progressing well with many of the recommendations having been completed and the final recommendations ongoing. There has been strong commitment from all professionals to work with HSC to achieve the outcomes and recommendations of the learning report. All the parties involved in this very public spat seem to have the same end goal in mind. Well, they all say they want what is best for the patients, and in these instances, that's children. The learning report said that the focus on children was lost, and it does seem to have been on the surface especially with politicians bickering and doctors worried they'll be next to be named if anything goes wrong. But at the heart of each of the concerns raised by everyone involved, it does seem to be the patients again. In these instances, all children at the very heart of what everyone's saying. One person's voice we've not heard yet is Deputy Tina Berry, who's on HSC, but also in support of Deputy St Pierre in the recent debate on his use of parliamentary privilege. As one of the very few people in this chamber who has actually sat in a room with the families at the heart of this and heard what they had to say, I think that I can understand Deputy St-Pierre's motivations more than most. The families sat around that table, some of whom were visibly traumatised, sharing their experiences with us were enough for me to realise that something, and I'm not being specific about what, had gone wrong within our department. So from that, sir, I would say that Deputy St Pierre's motivations for pursuing this matter were clear to me and understandable. I saw that he was representing these families, members of our community, in their plight. Members of our community who, in the most harrowing of circumstances that none of us here would want to find ourselves in, had tried the various formal channels and avenues available to them but felt that they were just not being listened to. He had the platform and experience to help them, and he was doing just that. I need to be clear here, sir. I am not saying that any one person was to blame, but it was clear to me from listening to the families that improvements needed to be made. And this was demonstrated in the learnings report that was produced, which has been accepted by the responsible officer and HSC and is being worked on in conjunction with the families with good progress being made. Deputy Tina Burry there, she's on HSC. She says something has gone wrong within the department. What happens next? Well, HSC is working with families on the task and finish group. The MSG wants patients to talk to its customer care team and it promises complaints are investigated 
and it has said the paediatric department is due its review next year. The BMA wants reassurance from the states that doctors in Guernsey are protected against personal attacks. Less than a week after the state's debate concluded, the state's Assembly and Constitution Committee met and agreed to add a review of absolute parliamentary privilege into its work going forward. This could be a subcommittee group which brings in other deputies to contribute outside the membership of the committee. Deputy Carl Meerveld, President of SACS, spoke against the principle of absolute privilege in the states and suggested it could be restricted to prevent malicious statements being made without consequences. I don't think the conversation has ended here, he told his committee this week. And Deputy St. Pair himself? Well, he's made it clear he's not going to let this drop. None of this has anything to do with parliamentary privilege, the matter before the Assembly. This is chaff that has been thrown up by, in particular, Deputy Fairbrush, apparently unable to act in any role other than as a contentious litigator. He made some outrageous, unsupported allegations to throw mud in the hope that some sticks. Turning to the learning report, much of the public debate on the report has understandably focused on its comments around safeguarding. But it is essential to remember that the genesis of the learning report were parental concerns about the clinical care of their children and what happens if parents questioned, challenged or sought second opinions on that care. The alleged misuse of safeguarding process was the basis of the investigation commissioned by the responsible officer. It is and was clear that HSC did not want the learning report in the public domain. The explanation given for that position has been to protect the identity of the children. However, no families are named, and it would take very little reduction to remove the very small risk that any individual child could be identified. Furthermore, all the families have repeatedly requested that the report be published, and the author has consented to publication. HSC has said that progress is being made in changing processes and procedures the harder but more important challenge is changing culture. The absence of any acknowledgement of what the families have been through and experienced speaks volumes as to culture. And we've seen this continue to play out repeatedly in public comments in the last week or so, which is, I imagine, why families chose to speak out publicly. Given the increasing number of families that continue to contact me with harrowing and shocking experiences, I ask that HSC proactively facilitate a public appeal uh, for those with historic or current cases to come forward, guaranteeing them that there will be no negative repercussions arising from them. We need to stop spending time and resources obfuscating and hiding our failings and spend time understanding what has happened, supporting those that have suffered harm and ensuring that permanent change is affected. So long as they wish me to do so, I will continue to represent those Guernsey families whose experience of a child's serious illness, or sadly in some cases death, has been compounded by unacceptable behaviours. These situations cannot and must not continue.
You've been listening to Focus, a Bailiwick Express podcast. If you enjoyed this investigation, please share, like and subscribe so we at Bailiwick can continue to pull apart the issues that affect you, the listener. Thank you for joining us.